Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Tonight we're learning Maseches Yoma, Daf Kaf Kimmel. We're on the very bottom line, bottom line of Kaf Beis and Beis. And the Gemara is continuing the theme of not standing up for oneself. We learned yesterday in regards to Shaul that there were those who were Mavaza, <laughs> not that, Michael, that there were those who were Mavaza him and he didn't stand up for it and it led to very bad things. And then the Gemara continues in the theme, middle of the bottom line of Kaf Beis and Beis, Vama Rabbi Yochanan, Mishur Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, a correction of the Girsa, Anyone who wants to consider themselves a Tamil Chacham, but they don't have uh, Nekama and Natira, if they're not able to uh, have revenge, and if they're not able to hold a grudge, then they're not a Tamil Chacham. Says the Gemara, the most obvious question ever. How can you say that Tamil Chacham has to have it? Dafka Tamil Chacham shouldn't have it. It's Mamash Apostolic and Chumash. Says the Gemara, Hahu, when the Torah speaks about the fact that it's the Tosikom Lositor, what is that talking about? Hahu bimamon hu that is only talking about money. Titania, as the Bryce writes, Ezehu Nekama, Ezehi Nekima, Ezehi Natira, Nekima, how do we define Nekima? What does it mean to take revenge? Amar lo hish ilani megalcha, I ask you to lend me one of the tools in your shed. Amar lo lav, I'm not lending it to you. Lamachar, I, who was not able to give, get from you because you were strict, Lamachar, Amar Lo, who the lender says, Hashileni kard, Kardumach, lend, lend me uh, something that you have in your shed. Amar Lo, any mashilcha, kedach shalo yishaltani, zohi nekima. That if the reason why you're not giving is uh, you, you should have given to me, but the fact that the fact that you didn't give to me means I'm not going to give to you. So that's called, that is called nekama. And that is an Isr Doraisa as it relates to Mominus. Fezohi Natira, seven lines down, Amar Lehi Shilani Kardumachev. So you say to someone, please lend me something, Amar Lehi And the Machar, Amar Lehi Shilani Chalukha. And the next day, that person says to you, let me, the person who was stingy says, can I borrow your shirt? Can I borrow your jacket? Amar Lehi, yeah, you can borrow it, but I'm going to also stick the dagger in Amar Lehi Lach. Yeah, you can take it. Any kamos, I'm not like you, Shilohi Shaltani, Zohi Natira. You say, okay, I'll, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll give to you, but you're a jerk. You know, so that's called Natira. These are the violations. So what's the assumption of the Gemara at this point? We said a Tamil Chacham has to be no came and no ter kenachash, but that should be an Isra Doraisa. And the Gemara seems to assume that that's only true by Mominus. Asks the Gemara, really, the Tzara de Gufalo, even if it doesn't have to do with money, it only has to do with you as a person, then there's no Isra of Nekama, there's no Isra of Natira. Says the Gemara, Velatanya, we're eight, nine, ten lines down on Kav Kim Alamed Aleph. Velatanya, the bright are I love in vain when people who are insulted and don't respond with insult, Shomen Kharpasim in Meshiva, they hear something terrible about themselves and they don't respond. That's considered a maila to, to zip the lip. You have nothing to say. Just leave it alone. If that's considered a maila, so then the chora, there is nekama and there is natira as it relates to uh, to a human being and certainly to a tamil chacham. It doesn't make any sense. Answer the gemara. Really, you're just holding it in your heart. Ask the gemara. What do you mean you're holding it in your heart? You can't do that either. If you if you're mavir amidosav, so then. Then you get all of your all of your averes. Wait, wait, you cannot hold this in your heart. That's not right. You should be mavi only dose. If he did something about you, you should try to forget about it. It's very difficult to do that, but that's what the Gemara says is the recommended uh, model. So it says the Gemara, we're not talking about remembering it in an emotional way, just in a factual way. The person who did something wrong asks for forgiveness and you grant him forgiveness. What are you remembering then? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi on the second line says, 
at the uh, Rashi says, no. And the third line, what does it mean that he holds it in his heart? He forgave the person, but but if he sees that this person is getting his day in uh, on this world, he's getting a consequence that seems to be in line with what he did wrong to you, so then you don't have to say anything. You can just be quiet about it. But it's not an emotional not an emotional thing, it's just a technical memory, which is very difficult to do. One third of the way down at the 2000, we said that in the, in the Mishnah, we said that when there is a, um, when, when there is a, a tie at the top of the ramp for the Kohanim who wanted to be Zohan, so what they did is they told all the Kohanim to put out one or two fingers. Says the Gemara, what's going on here? Once we say you're allowed to put out two, of course you can put out one finger. So what are we even talking about here? We're talking about a bari, a person who's healthy. He's able to take the muscles and to close all of the fingers but one. But there are some people who can't. It's harder for them to close all of their fingers so they can leave out two fingers. That's considered a, a polet. Vehatanya, and the fortune points out that this Vehatanya is not a question. This Vehatanya is, as we say, Benihusa. It's a proof. It's not a question. Vehatanya, and where do we see this? Achas Motsi, and person can put out, uh, should put out one finger. Shtaim, Ein Motsi, should not put out two. What is this talking about? Bamed Varamamurim says the Brice of Bavari. However, about the Chola, Afid, the Shtaim, Motsi, and Vayechidim, the ones who do uh, put out their two hands, Motsi and Shtaim, Vein Mon and Lahanela Achas, the people who are sick and they put out two fingers, we only count it as one. It's like their hands are kind of stuck there. They're, they're, they're missing some. Some motor skills, they can't retract all of their fingers. So they have two fingers out, but we only count them as one because they're chole. Says the Gemara, that doesn't make any sense. We count them only as one. Why would we count them only as one? We should be counting them as each finger should be one. Why? This is a real a strong one. One is not allowed to extend their, um, they're not allowed to extend their third finger below Godel and not their thumbs. We said that you're not allowed to do that. However, but if in fact one does extend their third finger, then it counts. Ah, so we see that each individual finger does count. So why are you counting the whole as two fingers as one? You should count it as two. And we said, Godel ain't lo. And if a person does stick out their thumb when they're counting, it doesn't work for the Kohanim to count. We ignore the thumb. Says the Gemara, not only that, we'll see what this means momentarily that you get smacked with a whip of some kind. We'll deal with this in a moment. My, so that's what the Gemara's question is. The Gemara's question is, we see from here that we do count each finger individually. So you said that by the whole, if he has two fingers out, we counted it as one, but we see a brysa that indicates you count each finger, answers the Gemara. That's because you misunderstood the brysa. We're a little bit more than halfway down. My monin lonami achas. It doesn't mean that, it, it means that it's also counted as part of the one. It doesn't mean that we count them separately. Just another way to interpret the, the brysa, uh, getting us out of this problem. My pekia, what, what, what is going on here that he gets whipped with this particular thing? My pekia, I'm a Rav Madra, answering us with a word that we still don't know what it means. Answer, asks the Gemara, my Madra, answers the Gemara, I'm a Rav Papa, mitraka detaye, it's the whip, it's some type of uh, strap that's used as a whip of merchants, the pasik reshe, and the ends of it are frayed. So when you whip someone, it's not one point of contact, it's multiple points of contact. So imagine, for example, you have a whip that's made out of leather with six braids, and it opens at the end to six ends, and then you whip someone with that way more painful, more points of contact. That is the type of whip we're talking about. Amara Baime Reish, initially, Habamina, I used to think that Hadith Nan Ben Beboy, we learned this in Shkalim, I think. 
Yeah, we learned this yeah. in Shkalim. How does not Ben Beboy Memuna ala Pakia? I mean, a Psilta. When we said we we're talking about the person who was appointed on the Pakia, we had said in Masech Shkalim that that was talking about Psilta, about the wicks which were made from many many fibers woven together. Kedithnan, as we learned that they were made out of the old and ruined clothes of the Kohanim. Mi Beloye Michnesei Akohanim Umehem Yenehen. I thought initially that when we said someone was Mamuna ala Pakia, that it was talking about making wicks from clothing. That's what I thought was going on. But Kevin de Shamana Lahad Tanya, since I saw what we just learned in the Brisa quote, now I know what we're talking about. Amina, my Pakia Nagda. Now I know we're talking about a whip, and we were not talking about. The, um, we're not talking about the wicks for the candle. So again, to review, what we're talking about here is when people ran up the ramp, again, before the pious was established for the Chumas Adeshin. When it comes to Chumas Adeshin, if there are two Kohanim that run up the ramp and they are, um, and they tie. So if we ask them to put out the fingers, one finger or two finger. And if they cheat and put out their thumb, they get a lash. What do they get lashes with? With the whip. He thought that it was initially was the, um, that the word pikiya was a reference to the wicks that were made from the clothes of old Kohanim, the old clothes of Kohanim. And he says, now that I see now that that's not the case, but rather it was the whip that was used to punish people, punish Kohanim for sticking out their thumbs when they tried to hop a rain and to win the, to win the Trumas Hadesh in that way. That brings us to the two dots at the very last of the short lines on Kaf Gimel Amar Aleph, three-fourths of the way down. This is not a beautiful moment in our history. Tanu Rabban and the rabbis have taught us there were two Kohanim who were racing to get the um, to get the schus of doing the Truma Sadeshan. Could you imagine? You're running up to do the Truma Sadeshan and you do the following of Era. Guy number one, Ruvain wins. Sakin, Shimon lost, took a knife, stabbed the guy in the heart. If we were talking about Kohanim, these are Khashiva people who were Tamili Chachamim. This is not normal human being behavior. It's something's really off here. This is not the way that people do things. So Ahmad Rabbi Tzadok al-Maylasu'ulam ba'amar. It wasn't the ulam mamish of the Heichal, but it was on a set of stairs in the Mikdash. And he said, Achenu beis Yisrael, come on everybody. Shimon, you need to listen to me. Arehu Omer, he was giving Musar. We know the Pasuk in uh, Sefer Dvarim. In Parchas Shoftim, ki matechalal ba'adama. We know that if a person, a dead body is found on the ground, v'yatsu zekenecha v'shoftetecha. And the... Uh, the elders and the judges would go out and do the Pasuk finishes off that they'll measure which city. This is the, the din of Egla Arufa. Are we talking about bringing the Egla Arufa on the city? Or are we talking about it on the Azara? Namely, you just killed someone in the Azara, which was a big mustard to the crowd. So what the room responded with emotion. Everybody uh, screamed out and cries. And what was crazy is the following. This is already crazy enough. So now you have a person who was just stabbed. The father of the person who was just stabbed says the Gemara five lines into the middle with lines, but obviously Tinok, Tinok here is meant as a homily, not a homily, just his child. It's meant to be a reference to his child. This Kohen who was just stabbed. He saw he was still moving. He hadn't totally died yet. He was still moving. Omar, what was he say? What did he say? He said first a catchphrase, Hareyu Kaparasem, this should be a kapara. Well, look where his head was. My son is, is still moving around, the son who had the knife in him. And until the person actually dies, the knife that's in his chest is not tummy yet. Unbelievable. Terrible low, low level where we cared less about life itself. Then we did about the tomb of the Tara status of a knife that was used to kill somebody. An unbelievable, 
Again, it's so hard to grasp. Some of these people were great people. Some were not, but some were great people. This is so hard to understand. And in fact, the Brisa continues with a text proof. The Menashe killed a lot of people. Blood was everywhere. We're going to come back to this in a moment. Hey, Maisa Kudim. Uh, a little bit of a question, which story came first? Was it the story we learned yesterday about shoving someone off the ramp and breaking his leg? Or this story as they ran up for the Truma Sadeshin about killing someone? Which story came first? If you want to say that what came first was the killing of a person, here, in regards to Shvichu Zamim, if after that they didn't set up the pious, if after that they didn't set up the pious, then Anishbara Ragbo Takinu, you think they're breaking... Uh, a leg is going to be a reason why that that's crazy. Murder is much worse than 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 this. So if murder is so bad, you should have done the bias after that. It must be that the regal must have come first. Five lines from the bottom. El It must be that the legs came first. But says the Gemara, no. The kevan de takinu paisa. Once you already had a scenario where the regal was broken first, and then they came up with the pious, then how did this brisa happen? I don't understand. Arba amos If you already had the pious, then where was this second case of the of the murdering? There was no more system of running up the ramps. You already put the pious in. Therefore, the gemara flips back four lines from the bottom. First of the very long lines. Olam damim Really, the murder case took first, took place first, where they both ran up the ramp. And Umei Kara, the Chachamim, looked at that scenario and said, this is, this is episodic. This is one-off. This is not a regular thing. It happened, but it was not something that was, uh, that was regular. And since they saw another time where this guy ran up and he, um, and, and he got pushed off and broke his leg, Takinu Rabbanon Paisen. So that's how the Gemara explains that the two stories were sequential. The first was the murder and the second was the leg breaking. Because the reason they said that is because the murder was such an unlikely scenario that because it was such an unlikely scenario, they didn't feel the need to change the guidelines. But then they saw they shoved someone else off the kevesh and broke his leg. So then they're like, wow, we're, we missed that. We missed it on this one. We should have put in the rules earlier. And, uh, and that is what they said. The Gemara is now going to quote the line that we saw earlier, the muster that they got from Egla Arufa. It's a long quote. It's a line and a half of quoting. Amar We said that Reb Sadok gave Musar after this episode took place in the Mikdash. He's giving Musar from Egla Rufa. Says the Gemara, you're giving Musar from Egla Rufa. It's not even Shaykh by Yerushalayim. Egla Rufa doesn't apply in Yerushalayim. Bechlal. Last line of Chav Gimel Baralaf says the Gemara, Yerushalayim basa suye Egla Arufa hi. The city of Yerushalayim is not subject to the rules of Egla Rufa. So if there were to be a halal, they find a corpse outside of Yerushalayim. They don't do the measuring to Yerushalayim. It's just not eligible. From where do we know this? Bottom line, middle of the line. There were 10 things that were stated about Yerushalayim. That we don't have an Egla Rufa in the city of Yerushalayim. Why? Rashi. Rashi Rashi says, because according to this Shita and the Gemara, Yerushalayim was not Nishal Kalashvatim. This is a machlokas that we saw earlier. According to one Shita, the one that's more well known is that Yerushalayim was split in half between Binyamin and Yehuda. And we saw that there was a little uh, jutting out where the Mizbeach took place, fine, all, everything that we learned earlier. But the point of the Gemara here is, is that according to this Shita, they're assuming that Yerushalayim is not Nisralka uh, Lishvatim. And if that's the case, then it's not Zoha Lirusha. And if it's not Lirusha, then it's not Shaykh Tegla Rufa. So the question is asked. 
They don't understand why. But Odin, furthermore, lo no the Pasuk writes in Sefer Dvarim that the only time that we have a scenario of Egla Arufa is when we don't know who the murderer is. But everybody witnessed what happened. We know who he is. We know exactly what happened. So for two very good reasons, we know why this should not be applicable to Egla Arufa. The murder that took place when they raced up and one guy won, Ruvain won, and Shimon stabbed Ruvain. That case is not eligible for Egla Arufa. So when Rebzada got up on the stairs and he started screaming and kicking and telling everyone what a bad, ter- terrible thing they did, he didn't have a halakhic basis for his argument. Says the Gemara, he, he knows that. It's Mama Shapasik and Fumish. He knows that. He used something that he knew would be drawing on the people. He used an example of Egla Arufa that then led that then led to a lot of tears, which is what he wanted to evoke. Another quote from the Bryce that we learned, um, that the father of the Kohen who had been stabbed, Ruvain in our case, he saw that he was still physically moving after he was stabbed, Omar, and we said, the Gemara, that it was going to be a kapara of some kind, and then the Gemara said this crazy line, that he seemed to be more concerned about the knife in his chest than the fact that his son was killed by a knife. An unbelievable paradox of parenting. That's not normal. Your brain should not be anywhere near halacha at that point. It's one of the svaras in the Rishonim by Aninus. When a person has lost a loved one, your brain is not registering like that. That's not how things work. That's why you don't do mitzvot saseh. You can't do mitzvot both saseh. But for that day until burial, so then... Um, so then that's a big problem. That day, we assume that you should be putter for mitzvah. So then here, why are you focusing on shvichu stamim? So the Gemara asks us, I want to understand something about this line. You said that he seems to be more concerned about the tahara status of the knife that's in his son's chest and the fact that his son was killed. Is it really that they were looking with such lightness and such a frivolity over murder? Aval, Taras, Kalim, Kedekaimakaima. He was just looking very halachically, very black and white about whether or not the Kli was going to be Tame uh, Odilma, or perhaps maybe Shvichosdamim, Kedekaimakaima. Maybe really he was looking at murder the way that he should have. Aval, Taras, Kalim, Hudechamura. But the only reason he said something is because it's such a Chamur Iser. So says the Gemara, we already saw the answer to this quarter of the way down. Toshma, Midekanasi, Vla Talmuda, because the Gemara already quoted, quotes, the Pasuk said explicitly that David was killed, that Menashe was killing people. Excuse me, that Menashe was killing people. So if that's the case, we see that they were being very frivolous about life, that he was killing people right and left. And we said that the city was Mile Dam. So therefore, So it's in fact true. And the assumption from the Brysa at that time was accurate, that people were being very lenient about life and very machmir about, or properly machmir about Caitlin, but that should not have been his focus. It should not have been his focus. We're one third of the way down on Chav Gimel Amid Beis. We're going to switch gears now to uh, to a particular mitzvah called Hotzaas Hadeshen. We know about Haramas Hadeshen. The mitzvah of Trumas Hadeshen is to take ash off of the Mizbeach. The Hotzaa is to take it from that person and then bring it out of the Mikdash to a place that it needed to go. So two different mitzvahs. We have the, the um, we have the harama followed by the hutzah, the, scooping it up in a shovel was step number one, and then taking that shovel of ash and moving it out of the mikdash. So we're going to be discussing right now. First, we're going to discuss the hutzah, the second thing, because we've already discussed the trumas hadesh and tana rabbanon. The pasuk reads in chumash as follows: We see that he changes his clothes and he puts on other clothes. and only then does he do hutzah hadesh and that second step. He's already someone's already shoveled it out. The ash is sitting in the shovel. Now someone had, the, the harama was done. Now they have to do hotzas hadeshen. So it says the Gemara in the name of the Tanakama. Uh, the Gemara writes, 
Shomani Kederach Yom Kippurim. This seems to be just like Yom Kippur, how he changes his clothes there. Shapotet, big day Kodesh, Velovesh, big day Chol. I might have thought that when it comes to the Hatsas Adeshen, to taking the ash out of the Mikdash area that you can wear even big day Chol, says the Gemara, no, that's not true. The Tanakama argues, Talmud Lomar, that we therefore need the Pasuk, Uvoshatis, Begadava, Lavash, Begadim, Achirim. What does he learn from this pasuk? The, the clothes that he's putting on have to be similar to the clothes that he is disrobing. How are they similar? So the Tanakama is of the opinion in this brisa that, of course, the harama, when you're doing truma sadashin, it has to be done with uh, with clothes that are kadosh. But he even holds that it has to be behotzai because there's a hekish in the pasukim. In Cain asks the Gemara, why does the Pasuk then say, what was implied by the word acherim? It was very reasonable to understand if he's changing his clothes. We easily could have assumed that the word acherim was not kadosh clothes. So then according to the Tanakhama, what does it mean acherim? says, we're talking about clothes that are still kadosh, but they're of a lower quality. Where do we see such things? Rabbi Eliezer, Omer acherim v'hotzi, limed alakon im ba'alei mumen shekshir m'hotzi yadashen. So, uh, so the second, sorry, uh, that was the Tanakhama. The second sheet is Rabbi Eliezer, and Rabbi Eliezer says as follows: He says, He said, "No, the Tanakhama held that you had to wear clothes that were kadosh to do the the hotza sadeshin." What does Rabbi Eliezer say? Forget about that. You could have a coin who's a balmum do the hotza. Mm. This is not an avod of the Beis Hamikdash. Remember, we also saw earlier in this Masechta and elsewhere, I believe in Shkalim somewhere, that the uh, that a coin who was, who was a, was a balmum was masli and asait, he'd remove the worms from the wood because it wasn't an avoda. What's Rabbi Eliezer saying here? He's pushing against the Tanakama. The Tanakama was of the opinion that the hutzas hadesh and the ash that was in the shovel, already taken from the haram, the ash that's in the shovel, when we take it out of the Mikdash, it has to be done b'kdusha. Rabbi Eliezer says, no, even a balmum can do it. Omar Mar, let's analyze this a little bit. We're going to have a few pieces of analytics. We'll get to the top of Chavdal and Amaralev, and then we will stop. Hidatana, sorry, Omar Mar, Acherim Chusin Mehem. We said that what does the word Acherim mean according to the Tanakhama? It means that the clothes can be of uh, lower quality, but they still have to have Kedusha because the Tanakhama held that the Utsasa Deshan had to be done by Kedusha. Hidatana, the Be'er Rabbi Shmuel, what's an example of clothing that has Kedusha but is still not ideal? A person who cooks your apron, you're wearing an apron, it's covered in the splatter, all the barbecue sauce, whatever you are making, you're covered in food. You should not be using that same apron to serve your Rebbe. So if you, in the old houses, they would have people who were working in the kitchen and people who were waiters and servants. And they were different. The people who were in the kitchen, their, their hands were dirty, they, uh, their, their hair was all disheveled, their clothes were filthy. It's not nice, but but the clothes are still the clothes of the person, right? So that's what the Gemara says as an example of the Tanakhama. Then, then the Gemara decides, or has a machlokas, I should say, about the scope of this machlokas tonight. The machlokas tonight, as we have it right now, seems to be a machlokas about hotzas hadesh, and that second step about removing the ash, what that's already in the shovel out of the mikdash. Machlokas between the Tanakhama who holds that it needs to be done by Kedusha, and the sheet of Rabbi Eliezer that holds that it could even be done by a Balmut. So says the Gemara, how far do we take this machlokas? I'll foreshadow just a drop. Do we say their machlokas is only by hotza'a, only by that second step of once the ash is in the shovel and taking it out? Or would we even say that maybe the truma sadechen itself is subject to this machlokas? And that is a machlokas amorayim. Says the Gemara, a little bit more than halfway down. Amarish Lakish. 
כמחלוקס בהוצאה, כך מחלוקס בהרומא. What a wild shita. Reish Lakish says that yes, we have a machlokas, Tanakam and Rabbi Eliezer, in regard to whether that second step of hotzah is uh, subject to Kedusha or not. And he says that the same exact machlokas applies Beharama, even with that first step of, of shoveling from the Mizbeach itself, which we thought up until now was a Dabr Pashat, that that was considered an avoda of the Mikdash, and it would have to be done by a Kohen who's not a Balmum. We'd have to wear the appropriate begadim. However, Rabbi Yochanan Amar, no, no, the machlokas is behotzah like we thought, which is more intuitive. The machlokas is behotzah. And he says, I don't know what you're talking about, Reish Lakish. So ask the Gemara, Reish Lakish, what are you talking about? My time with the Reish Lakish. Why is Reish Lakish of the opinion that the machlokas that we have by Yotzah between the Tanakam and Rabbi Eliezer is also the machlokas that's extended to the world of Haram, of Chumas Adesh in itself? Omar Lachi says, If it was a slam dunk, that the Truma Tadesh in itself, step one of shoveling ash from the Mizbech, if that was Mamash and Avoda, Avoda So the problem is that the Torah only explicitly states that the coin is only going to be wearing two of the four begadim. So what, what is that? Where do we see an Avoda in the base of Mekdash that you only wear two of the begadim? You don't. So therefore, Reish Laki says, by virtue of the fact that the Torah only explicates two of the four begadim to do the Truma Tadesh and it shows you that it's not a proper avoda, and therefore it gives latitude that the machlokas of the Tanakam Rabbi Eliezer could apply even betrumas hadeshen, uh, and not only betrumas hadeshen. How does Rabbi Yochanan answer that? The Torah does, in fact, say it's only two. But Rabbi Yochanan, what do you say? Says the Gemara, you're right that Gali Rachmana Bekitones Umichnasain, that it only speaks about you know, this uh, shirt that he was wearing in the pants, it's true, but the huadin, the mitznef, has fabnate, it's also true about the other garments of a hat and a belt. So what does Rabbi Yochanan say? I know the Torah only says it is two begadim, but it doesn't mean that. It means that there's four begadim. Umayish nahani. Why then would Rabbi Yochanan argue that? Why is it that the Torah only speaks about the ketones and about the mechnasayim? Says the Gemara, based on a drasha. Mechnaseva, the reason why Rabbi Yochanan says the reason why the Torah only spoke about two of the four begadim when it should have spoken about all four is because midovad, what, is, what does that pasuk mean? Mido kimidaso. This is a reference, as Rashi highlights, that we're talking about the fact that the ketones have to actually fit you. You can't walk in in clothes that don't fit you, that you're swimming in or that are too snug. They have to fit you like a mensch. That's what it means, that the ketones have to fit. And michnesebad, what does that pasuk mean? Lechidatanya. What does the Bryce write about these words? How do we know that the Mechnasayim have to be the first garment put on the, by the coin? So Rabbi Yochanan has a beautiful explanation. He says, the only reason why these two things were explicated was because there was a need to based on drushas, but really it is an avoda to do harama sadeshen. He needs all four garments. There's a reason why the Torah only wrote two, but really he should wear four. And there is no machlokas by the harama sadeshen. Machlokas, the Tanakam Rabbi Eliezer, is only in regards to hotzah sadeshen and not harama sadeshen. The Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish, what do you say about Rabbi Yochanan's explanation? He gave a very valid explanation as to why the Torah only stipulated Two of the begadim, and really it should be four, answers the Gemara Reish Lakish, 10 lines from the bottom. Mido, what does it mean? Mido, kimida so. What does it mean that it has to be the right size? Midafke rachmasha, rachmana, belashon, mido. 
I don't need a drusha to tell me that it has to fit. The Pasuk says, Mido. That's what the word means. Mido from your size. I don't need you to... Rabbi Yochanan wanted to argue there was a specific drusha to tell me that the clothes have to fit you, the tonus has to fit. No, says Rabbi Rish Lakish. The Pasuk says it has to fit. You don't, you don't need a drusha if it's there in front of you. So that's problem number one. And number two is, And he says, that's learned from somewhere else. It's not learned from these Pesukim at all. And therefore, says, says Rish Lakish, I have no way to give a uniqueness as to why the Torah only shared the Ktonis and the Mechnasayim. And therefore, says Reish Lakish, it must therefore be that we're only talking about him wearing two of the garments, and therefore it must not be an avoda because it's not for begadim. And that's how Reish Lakish gets out of it. And in fact, the Gemara takes it a step further. Maybe this isn't only a machlokas between Reish Lakish and Rav Yochanan as to whether the machlokas between the Tanakam and Rav Lazar by Hotzas Adeshan applies even to Harama. Maybe this is also machlokas in the Tanaim. How so? Because the Brisa says as follows, What does it mean when the Torah says al-bisaro? If it says al-bisaro, to, come, to put the clothes on your body, yeah, we know where to put the clothes. We know if you don't wear the clothes, you're not dressed. So why you have to say yilbash? We know al-bisaro, cover your flesh. Yilbash, it's an extra word. It says the Gemara, according to the Tanakama, Rabbi Huda, here we see an explicit shita of Rabbi Huda that the words, uh, the word of Yilbash comes to add the other two begadim that are not included in the Pasuk, this aligns perfectly with the Shita. Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan wanted to say that really all four begadim were implied. Rabbi Yehuda says it explicitly, lahavi mitznefes to add to the Ktonas and to the Mechnatzayim. Now he has all four begadim. So Pasha, by the Harama, according to Rabbi Yehuda, that it's going to be considered an Avoda Mamish, all four begadim are here. However, Rabbi Dosa, Amr, the Rabbos, big day, Kohen Gadol, Biyom HaKipurim, Shekshirim, Lekohen Hedjod. No. No, he doesn't say that the words al-Bisaro, that the word Yilbash comes to teach me that there are two more begadim added for our Ramazadeshen. No, those words are coming to teach me a total secondary side point that what? That the clothes of a coin Gadol Yom Kippur can be used for by a coin Hedjo. But that doesn't, that doesn't solve our problem that Rish Lakish presented, which is that we seem to only have two begadim explicated in the Psukim. So it seems to be that these two Tanayim have the same machloka as a Rabbi Yochanan and a Rish Lakish. Then maybe Rabbi Huda, the, the Tanakama, Rabbi, Rabbi Huda, the Tanakama, this Mishnah holds like Rabbi Yochanan because he says that the word Yilbash comes to include the extra two begadim that were missing in the Pesukim. Perfect. All four begadim. It must be that it's an actual avodah. Masha'inkain, the Shita Rabdosa says the words of the word of Yilbash doesn't come to teach me to add those two begadim in. It comes to teach me a total side din, and therefore we're left with only two begadim with nothing unique as to why they were presented. And maybe Rish Lakish has what to rely upon. Says the Gemara still within the bride. So I'm a Rebbe. No, there's two things that I don't agree about in regard to the Shita Rebbe Dosa. We spoke about the Sugi already that the Avnit that's spoken about here is not the same Avnit of the coin God, coin head on head on coin God, not the same one. And the second problem is the ode. How can you say, Rebbe Dosa, that the Pasuk of Yulbash comes to teach me that the clothes that a coin God wears can be worn by a head yod? Ask the Gemara three lines from the bottom. The ode, the Godam Shenishtameshat Ben Kedusha Chamurot Shishtamesh Ben Kedusha Kala. You did the Avodah with Nivilifnim with these clothes. How can you then give it to a coin head yod? That's a Yerida. That's a Yerida in Kedusha. Malin Mekodesh, Vein Moridin. You can't give these clothes to him, Rebbe Dosa. So Rebbe pushes back strongly on Rebbe Dosa. What then, according to Rebbe, is Yilbash? Because Yilbash can't be Rebbe, what Rebbe Dosa said for the two reasons just presented. Says the Gemara in the name of Rebbe, Tab of Chavdalad, to include clothes that are worn down. Those are allowed to still be, uh, they're halachically still valid for the Avodah. 
and a, a brysa, a closing brysa. It's a six-line brysa. We learned it a couple of times already. It says at the top, we learned it on uh, Daf Yud Beis, and we're going to learn it again on Daf Samech. And I thought we learned it more than once. Nevertheless, sham. what does the Pasuk mean when it says sham, that you should place them there? The full Pasuk reads, He takes off the linen garment that he was wearing, and the Pasuk concludes, sham, and he puts them there. Why, why does the Pasuk need to tell us? Exactly what he does with them, so the Tanakhama writes, the fact that it says indicates that the coin should take the, the, these midobad, these linen clothing, and they need to be buried. However, what does Rabbi Dosa hold? Rabbi Dosa, same thing that we saw in the previous brisa, that he holds that once it's worn by the coin golo, you can still wear it. Rabbi didn't agree with it. Rabbi, who, Rabbi Dosa felt it was reasonable. Why does it say that? Oh, no, it can be used by another coin. So of course, if you're saying it can be used, what does Vihinicham Sham indicate? It doesn't indicate that it can be used. It seems to be a line that it can't be used. We have to set them on the side only to indicate that they cannot be worn on another on another Yom Kippur. So then, now we're done with all the Tanaic stuff. Then asks the Gemara, my love, doesn't it seem like this is the, the case of the Machlokas of Yehud and Ravdosa? Is the same as the Machlokas Rav Yochanan and Reish Lakish. My love, Behakamifleg, Demar Savaravoda, the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda, who says the word Yilvash includes the Mitznefes and the Avne to total out to four begadim, seemingly implies it's an Avoda. Umar Savar Lav Avodahi. And really, the second sheet of Rabbi Dosa holds that it's not because the word Yilvash doesn't come to add the Mitznefes and the Avne to the four begadim, and now we're only left with two. And that's the same Machlokas. Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish says the Gemara, six lines down, five lines down, Chavdal, and Rav, low. No, your, your comparison is not correct. Dekulei Alma Avodahi. Really, this machlokas of Yehuda and Rabdosa is not about whether or not the Haroma Sadeshin is an avoda. Everyone agrees it's an avoda. The Hacha Bahaka Miflage Rabbi Yehuda and Rabdosa are arguing about the following. One says we need a pasuk to teach us the rule, and the other one says we don't need the pasuk to teach us the rule. How does this play out? According to Rabbi Huda, who said the word Yilbash teaches me about the Mitznefes and the Avnei, he says we needed the Torah to add in Yilbash to tell me that I needed to include the other two begadim and that it's actually an avoda. Masha'enken, Rabbi Dosa would say, that the word Yilbash is used to teach me something secondary. It doesn't make a difference. I don't need the Torah to say Yilbash. We never wear two of the Begadim, and therefore, by definition, we should be wearing four. So the Gemara wanted to say the Machlokas, Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish was a Machlokas Tanayim, and the Gemara concludes that that is not the case. And Mir Hashem will pick up tomorrow with Chavdal and Amad Aleph. I, I know, unfortunately, today it was the Leviah for the father of Gerald Kossi, Rosham, should have an Aliyah, um, and he and his family should have a tremendous amount of comfort in what is, of course, a difficult time. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Did you look up the... Uh...